So we're in a series where we're talking about the four different practices that we want to form our life around welcoming, listening, following, and going. And this morning we're going to talk about the practice of listening. So it would be silly to not start a sermon um, about, pra- about listening without listening. Uh, so we're going to do that. I'm actually going to invite you into a space of about 30 minutes of silence. No, I'm joking. Um, that sounds, but that, doesn't that sound awesome? Anyway, uh, so we're, I'm going to invite you into a space of silence, uh, just a, a little space. And I would encourage you to consider this time as a gift and an opportunity in which the Spirit of God might want to speak to you in some various ways or nudge you or convict you. Uh, so let's enter into silence. I will end that time with prayer and then we will get into it. Lord God, you are a God who speaks. We trust that you are speaking and that you want to speak to us this morning. Also aware of the ways in which it is hard to hear and hard to listen. So help us to be people who listen. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So my name's Daniel Long. I'm a pastor here and I'm grateful that you are here. Those of you who are here with us, at home, I'm grateful to have you. I'm curious what came to mind or what you may have heard in that time of silence. Like, what did you think about? Laundry, maybe? Uh, or the schedule that you have this coming week, maybe the overwhelming sense or feeling you have about all of the various appointments. Maybe it was a word or something that was said on the way over here with someone you love um, and you thought loved you. Uh, maybe it was something that, that you carry in terms of hurt. Maybe it was something that created or caused you a lot of joy. Maybe it was an image over this last uh, weekend or a moment or a time that, that you couldn't stop thinking about or even in that time of silence smiling about. What came up for you in the time when we were given to listen? Because the conviction that we have as Christians is that God is a God who speaks and who wants to speak and that listening is a, is a fundamental part or a posture that the disciple takes in our relating to God, but often it is hard to do. It's hard to create space or make space for that. It's hard to even imagine how we're supposed to engage that practice. 
it's hard to even know what is the voice of God versus my own mind wandering. Or perhaps even in our mind wandering, the Spirit of God can speak. Why does our mind go there? Why are these things coming up for me? Why am I worried about that? Why does that bring me joy? All of these are opportunities, perhaps, for God to be speaking and for us to be listening. And often, we don't take, I don't take the space um, to be able to listen or to hear. So a few weeks back, when we came, into, we came together in here, um, one of the things I said is that we desire to be a people who are learning from Jesus how to live and love like Jesus. That we want to be people who are, our fundamental posture is one of a learner, of a disciple, that Jesus shows us, reveals to us how to live and how to love like him. And that we want to be people who are learning from Jesus how to live and love like Jesus with our life together formed around four core practices. Of course, there could be more, but there are four that we are wanting to give ourselves to. It's the practices of welcoming, listening, following, and going. And so we're in this series where we're talking and teasing out a little bit about those four practices. Not saying everything there is to say about these practices, but wanting to at least initiate a conversation around them. And so this morning, we're talking about listening, as I already said. Uh, and the last week, Steve Porter talked about welcoming, looking at the welcome of God, and then what does that look like for us um, in our welcome of others? Because there's both a vertical and a horizontal dimension to, a dimension to these practices. What does it look like to listen to God? What does it look like to listen to others? Now, in one way, we're talking about prayer. Often when we think of prayer, we think of words. We think of the things that we say to God, and that becomes prayer. But also, prayer includes the posture and the openness of listening and hearing from God. So as we think about the practice of listening to God and others, there are three things I want to talk about this morning, because I'm a pastor, and that's what we do. It's never more than three, never less than three, always and only ever three. So uh, we're going to talk about the God who speaks the disciple who listens, and then listening as an act of love. So the God who speaks, the disciple who listens, and then listening as an act of love. So again, any sort of conversation about prayer and the Christian life must include, must involve listening. Because the witness in Scripture shows us, reveals to us, that we have been met by a God who wants to be known and who wants to speak. Now, if we go back into the Old Testament, to Deuteronomy, which is this text in which the law is given to people, to the people of Israel, to God's people after rescuing them out of Egypt, and he is giving them ways to be and to live as God's people. And one of the things he says about these commandments, or one of, he begins by saying in Deuteronomy 6, hear, O Israel. This is called the Shema. This is called... This is called the, the, a prayer that these people were praying. This is what they are to be and to do as God's people. And it begins with hear, O Israel. Listen, O Israel. And it continues, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. See, this commitment to listening to God is precipitated by a God who is committed to speaking. That what it means to be God's people or to be people who hear and who listen. We heard the text in John read this morning, John 10. If you want, you can open your Bibles 
they're in front of you, they're on your devices, to, to John chapter 10. I want to use this text as a jumping off point to engage this idea of listening. Jesus says this, he uses this image to describe himself, I am the good shepherd. Of course, we know this, this, is, this shepherding language is something that is often used to talk about God. So in this way, Jesus is connecting himself to God, but he's also connecting himself to the way that we're to think about who God is and what he's like. Thinking about Psalm 23, even, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. So Jesus wants to be known as a shepherd and wants to be known as a shepherd who speaks and the sheep are to be known by, of, as people who listen, who hear the voice of the shepherd. That part of what it means to be a disciple, to learn from Jesus how to live and love like Jesus is to be one who listens, to be one who hears, who is, on, who is waiting for, anticipating, expecting the voice of Christ through the Spirit. And here's my question to you, to myself, is do we trust, do we anticipate, do we believe that God speaks? Do we believe that God still has things to say? It's easy to think that God has spoken. Certainly we have his word, we have things that have been said. But to think that even in those few moments of silence that God is a God who wants to speak to his sheep. Is that a thought that you have about who God is and what, is like, what he's like? And then I guess a question would be to get an answer for that. If you're like, huh, I wonder what I think about that. Do you make space in your life? Do I make space in my life to listen? Not to say words, but to be open and receptive to what God might have to say to me through his spirit. See, this takes time. Listening takes time. Listening is in some ways a risk because what is going to be said? It's easy to fill the air with things. It's so much more difficult to be on the receiving end of something because you can't control, you can't even know what to anticipate sometimes what God might say. So a disciple aren't just people who say things or who do things, but they are people who adopt a posture, a practice of listening. So how might God speak to us? I ask you, how has God spoken to you? If I was to ask you that question, do you think God still speaks? You say yes. I say, well, tell me an example or share with me an example of how you've experienced that in your life. Certainly through scripture, you might say. You've, been, you've read scripture. Things hit you maybe in a particular way that you weren't anticipating. And I'm not talking about let's open up the Bible randomly to Song of Solomon, and then I don't know what God's trying to say there, but, um, but I'm saying like this real sense of being open to the scriptures of, of God speaking through his revealed word, because that is a way that God speaks. Perhaps it's through deep convictions, through deep resonances, that you can't quite explain it sometimes, but there have been moments in your life when you felt convicted to either do something or not do something, say something, 
or not say something? Have you experienced God's commitment to speak to you through perhaps deep conviction? Or maybe it's a deep resonance with something somebody has said or something that you've seen or heard. And in your core, there's something you can't quite let go of. That means something. I need to attend to whatever that might be. How might God speak to you? How has God spoken to you? Maybe it's through other people, through well-timed words. Throughout this last year, one of my friends, Dan Stump, I feel has been a voice of God to me. There have been moments, I can't quite explain it, in particular days when I'm like, I don't know what I am doing with my life. Um, I don't know what is going on. And I'm not kidding, this has happened more than twice. Um, and where Dan will call me, or he'll text me, and he'll say the thing I need to hear. I can't, write, I can't really describe it, and I've told him that. I'm like, you are God's voice to me. That, is, that happens more than I can even describe with so many of you here. You might have experienced that, been on the receiving end of that. Somebody sends something to you, or calls you, or shares something with you, and you think, man, I needed to hear that. That's just not coincidence. That's just not cool. That might be the voice of God wanting to invade your life in a moment when you need it so deeply. Maybe you've heard God's voice in a nudge. You're not quite sure why you feel compelled to do this or that, but then you kind of take the risk, and then all of a sudden God meets you with his faithfulness, and you're thinking, oh, that's why. Again, maybe it's reaching out to a person. Maybe it's actually just going to a place. Maybe it's, it's being present with, with somebody or near somebody, and you take a step of faith or risk in that way. And perhaps God honors that risk, honors that step of faithfulness with his nudge. I already explained it, but maybe God speaks to you through your wandering mind. And you just thought this whole time you were terrible at prayer. But what if, what if those are actual things that we need to attend to? I was reading something this week, and it was from a pastor um, who said that People are always talking about being distracted in prayer, but perhaps while they're dis- why they're distracted is because they're praying about things they don't really care about. They think they should care about them, and so they pray about them, but then their mind continues to wander. So what would it look like to follow those wanderings, to maybe attend to what God might be up to there? That might be a way that God is speaking. But actually having this sense of listening, or this posture of listening as a disciple must begin, and it can only begin with believing that God is a God who speaks, who is committed to speaking to you, who is committed to be known by you, who is committed to be with you all along the way as the good shepherd, guiding and leading. That is one of the reasons, that is one of the foundational reasons we are to have a posture of listening to God. So next, the disciple who listens, the learner who listens. We see all throughout Scripture, again, that listening is one of the fundamental beginnings to obedience. These are often connected to one another. In the Shema, as I read in Deuteronomy 6, hear, O Israel, and then the commandments follow. So we think about the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus tells this story about a wise and a foolish man. 
The wise man is one who hears and obeys. The foolish man is one who hears and does not. So to be people who are wise, to be followers of Jesus, are to be people who listen and then who obey. Hearing and obeying is this back and forth reality of what it means to be a disciple and to follow after Jesus. When Jesus teaches, he often uses these parables, and there are these parables in the Gospels about, about the sower, about seed going on the ground and often either being choked out by the worries of the world or being scorched by the sun or being eaten up by birds. And what Jesus is describing there are people who hear God's word and either do something or not do something, who hear God's word, but then the cares of the world begin to crowd it out who hear God's word, but it doesn't actually take root, and so therefore there's no fundamental transformation or change. This hearing and this obeying is part of what it means to be a disciple, to be one who learns from Jesus. It's not just listening, but it's listening and then following. It's listening and responding. Revelation 3.20, Jesus, or not Jesus, but there's this revelation in which the churches are being, are being spoken to and, and their response or their faithfulness is being contested or it's being encouraged. And there's this image of Jesus at the door saying, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. This image of Jesus knocking at the door. And if we hear his voice and invite him in, he will eat with us and we will eat with him. In Romans 10, when Paul is talking about faith, when Paul is talking about transformation, he says faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes through the word of Christ. So again, the disciple is one who listens and one who responds in obedience. So we've been talking about this real vertical dimension of listening. This listening to God as being one who listens and obeys. But then there's this horizontal dimension of our listening to one another. And this is where listening becomes an act of love. See, we listen to others because perhaps God has something to say through other people. I mean, if God can talk through a donkey, then he can talk through me. And that gives me hope. Um, but he can also talk through you. And, and if God is one who wants to meet with us through other people, and so we listen to others to hear the voice of God, but we also listen to others because that's part of what it means to follow after Jesus. Jesus is one who listened well. There are over 307 questions documented in the Gospels that Jesus asked of his people. People who were in front of him. Jesus asked questions. It was actually one of the ways that he taught was by asking questions. And not always because Jesus is wanna, was wanting to um, get one up on somebody, but rather because Jesus wanted to draw out a person, wanted to hear a person, and would then therefore speak into the hearts of what was revealed, even to that person or revealed to Jesus by that person. So we listen to others because we hear God's voice, but we also listen to others because it's a way that we love one another. See, the way that Jesus listens is a way, is the way of patient and compassionate love toward the other. A real commitment, a real curiosity, a real dignifying way of being with another person. As we listen to one another, we are embodying and bearing witness 
to the God who is this way, to the God who is revealed in Jesus, to the God who continues to speak through his spirit. And what this reveals is a God who is also patient. Because listening requires patience. No joke coming in here this morning, like on my way here, there were so many opportunities that I know I missed listening, whether it was with my kids on the way here or whether it was getting here and then knowing there were certain people I probably needed to avoid unless I was going to get into a conversation. And it was going to take a lot longer than I would have hoped. That's not good. That's not Christian. That's not following the way of Jesus. I mean, that's being real, but I also felt a deep conviction about that this morning um, because part of listening requires a patient way with being and being with one another. If you want, you can turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. Some words from James. He says, you must understand this, in verse 19. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen. Isn't that interesting? Be quick to something that's going to take a lot of time. Let everyone be quick to listen and slow to speak. Slow that doesn't take a lot of time at all. And slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. I mean, like, think about all the connections that James is making here. Being quick to listen and slow to speak also means that that will help in being slow to anger. And those things, being slow to speak, being slow to anger, is actually part of are the conditions that are, are necessary in order to rid ourselves of sordidness and rank growth and wickedness. So somehow talking too much can get us in trouble. Can I get an amen? Yeah, that's right. Talking too much can get us in trouble. There is a sense in which listening is not only a way of bearing witness of the wonderful, patient, and compassionate love of God, but it's also a necessary step to faith, obedience, and ultimately faithfulness into the way that God is calling us into. Listen to these words from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, which were like mic drop words for me uh, this week. Uh, and so convicting. He says this, the first service that one owes to others in a community involves listening to them. Just as love to God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for others is learning to listen to them. God's love for us is shown by the fact that God not only gives God's word, but also lends God's ear. It is his work that we do for others when we learn to listen to them. Christians think they must always contribute something when they're in the company of others. They forget that listening can be a greater service than speaking. I don't have this quote up here, but I'm going to continue. Many people, he goes on to say, are looking for an ear that will listen. They don't find it among Christians because these Christians are talking where they should be listening. But one who can no longer listen to their brother and sister, listen to this, one who, will no longer, who can no longer listen to their brother and sister will soon be no longer listening to God either. They will be doing nothing but prattle in the presence of God too. And this is the beginning of the death of the spiritual life. 
And in the end, there is nothing left but spiritual chatter and clerical condescension arrayed in pious words. Dang. (laughs) One who cannot listen long and patiently will be talking beside the point and never really be speaking to others, albeit they will not be conscious of it. Anyone who thinks that their time is too valuable to spend keeping quiet will eventually have no time for God or others, but only for themselves and for their own follies. That is powerful. Now, this comes from a book that we actually read together from, by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Life Together, which, where he talks about life in the community. What does it look like for us to be a community of people who are living life together on a journey toward Jesus? And this comes out of a section of our ministry to others. And he, he says that one of our primary ministries to one another is to be people who listen. The way that we listen to one another says something about the way that we do or do not listen to God. That is convicting. So this practice of listening to God and to others is absolutely essential to the Christian life and to us learning from Jesus how to live and love like Jesus. And so then what does it look like? What does it look like for us to listen to God and others And I'm just going to encourage you toward two things this week. To make space to listen to God and to make space to listen to others. Make space for it. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by making space to listen to God? I encourage you and challenge you this week to engage a practice that I have been attempting to do as well. And that is to begin my day with some time of silence. Now I'm going to encourage you to do two minutes. You're thinking like, that is easy. No, it it is not. (laughs) I encourage you toward two minutes of silence. At some point in the day, it doesn't have to be the beginning of the day, that's what works for me. Perhaps there's another part of your day where that rhythm might actually be more helpful. But to take two minutes where you are simply silent before God. And again, that this is not a cause for shame. This is not a cause for you to think, man, I didn't do this well. This is where my mind went. And that's going to happen. It's going to happen for a long time before it doesn't. But there's something so important about that posture because it suggests that we are following a God revealed in Jesus who continues to speak through the Spirit and who wants to speak to us, perhaps even in those few minutes. Another way of going about this, of making space to listen to God, is through scripture. And, and I'm, I'm not saying to do this instead of the silence. You're not getting out of the silence thing. That's something I want you to, to, to engage in. But I'm saying there's another way of perhaps engaging scripture that might help us practice listening to God. And that is this. Listen to scripture. What would it look like for you? And there are lots of apps for this. You can find it. Well, no, don't even go online because you know once you're there, you're going to start, I don't know, looking at cat videos or something on YouTube. Uh, don't do that. But like, listen, listen to scripture being read. And I would even encourage you to listen to the same scripture being read in perhaps a few different translations. And then every time, considering the various things that stick that land, that you can't get out of your head, 
those might be things that the Spirit wants to use to speak to you. As you listen to the scripture being read, what comes up? What do you resist? What are you confused about? What's compelling? What engages your imagination? All of these things are ways through which I think the Spirit of God might want to speak. So make space to listen to God this week. Another thing is to make space to listen to others. And you might say, but Daniel, I hang out with people all the time. And I listen to other people all the time. And you're probably right. But what would it look like to be in a conversation with a person, listening to them, and expecting perhaps to hear from God through that person? To hear something that God might want to say to to both of you, or to many of you, or to you. To make space to listen to others and not in a hurried way. Listen to these words from Eugene Peterson. I can't listen if I'm busy. Listening requires unhurried leisure, even if it's only five minutes. Leisure is a quality of spirit, not a quantity of time. Only in the ambience of leisure do persons know that they are listened to with absolute seriousness, treated with dignity and importance. Speaking to people does not have the same personal intensity as listening to them. The question I put to myself is not how many people have you spoken to about Christ this week, but how many people have you listened to in Christ this week? And so what does it look like for us? What does it look like for you to make space this week to listen to a person in Christ with unhurried leisure? A sense where you're not anticipating or waiting for the next thing or waiting for you to get your th- a word in, but you're actually listening with unhurried leisure to what somebody is saying. Perhaps here are some questions that you might ask to help us listen. This is a question that Steve Porter gave to us last week. How is your relationship with Jesus? Maybe another way of going about it is, what is your life with Jesus like? What's the shape of your Christian life? What's the texture of your life with Jesus? Another question, what brings you life? What are you afraid of? What are you looking forward to? What are you hopeful about? I mean, these are just some questions that might help us be people who are open, who have unhurried leisure to listen to others. So those, those are the couple practices I'm encouraging you toward this week. Making space to listen to God. Making space to listen to others. Because again, we worship a God We follow a God who is revealed in Jesus, who continues to work through the Spirit, and who wants to be known, and who wants to speak. We also worship and follow a God revealed in Jesus, who is at work through the Spirit, who is a good listener, and is patient and compassionate with us. And so we, as his disciples, might be open and willing to listen to the God who wants to speak, listen to others, so that we might learn to love them. Just to make sure you do get some time of silence in, that's how we're going to end our time. Is it time to begin open to what God might have to say? And my encouragement to you in this space is to just consider what are the things that have stuck with you? What are the things you might feel nudged toward, convicted about, and what might the Spirit be up to through those things?
So I'm going to simply pray and ask that God would speak. Then that will be a time of quiet, and then we will transition into worship. Lord God, thank you for speaking. Thank you for listening. Help us to have ears to hear what you are saying. Help us have ears to hear others as you hear us.